0: you would like a Bible, we have some available at all of the corners, so you're welcome to grab one now. And I invite you to open up to John 16. We'll look at verses 12 through 15. It can be found on page 84 in the second set of page numbers. So John 16, verses 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It's the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we spend some time reflecting on your word, we pray that your spirit might be working in us and among us. Help us have ears to hear and hearts to receive. Remove any distractions in our minds and in our environment, Lord. Help us be drawn deeper and closer into a relationship with you, that as when we go forth, we might have the energy and the knowledge to share your love and your grace with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this morning is a liturgical Sunday that is a little less celebrated than some of the others, but this is Holy Trinity Sunday. And some of you probably have never heard of it, because like I said, we don't really celebrate it that much. But it always comes after Pentecost. And it's very fitting there, because we've just come through this season of kind of the big high holy days of the church. We had Christmas, where Jesus is born, and then Easter, where he died on the cross and rose again, We celebrated his ascension after that. And then just last week, we had Pentecost, where the spirit that Jesus promised came to his followers. We don't really have a day that celebrates God the Father, but from talking with people, they know about God the Father. That's kind of the way that we relate to God most often. So kind of every Sunday, I think that's our default So we've had all these days that celebrate these kind of different persons of the Trinity. And so today, we reflect on what it means that there are three persons in this one God that we believe in. I'm going to tell you right now, I am not going to explain the Trinity, (laughs) because I can't. And in fact, this morning on the pastor's Facebook page, there was a video a guy posted of like, just remember, don't fall for the trap. And it's this video they show you in theology class, making fun of someone trying to explain the Trinity and kind of rebuking it with all of the heresies that claim what God isn't. So we don't get the Trinity. I can't explain it. I can't even really say I understand it. But I have faith that our God, who is one, has revealed himself as a community of three. And that's kind of where I want us to dwell this morning, is not seeking to understand how that works or why it is that way or any of the technical stuff that we would all just get lost in. But that God is community in and of himself. And that God isn't just a community of two, but that God is a community of three. And I think you can all relate to the difference in relationship between a relationship between two people and when you add a third person to the mix. Because we don't always get relationships right. Even person to person, we sometimes mess it up. But when it is you and one other person, it's a little easier to navigate. You can both kind of put on the table how you're feeling. You can work through it. If you're committed to the relationship, that is the goal of knowing we want to work through this. And it is just the two of us. We're going to figure it out. And then along comes a third person, and it doesn't just get a little bit more complicated. It gets infinitely more complicated. We have language in our vocabulary that speaks to this. We talk about people being a third wheel. In communications and conflict management, we talk about avoiding triangulating, These are all based on this idea of when there's a third party, again, that language, things get complicated. Two people have the tendency to kind of form an alliance against the third. And if you're not in that alliance, you kind of have a feeling that maybe the other people are (laughs) siding against you. You have to work so much harder at communication At least in my email, the automatic response is still just reply, not reply all. So if there is a third or a fourth or a fifth person beyond just the two of us, I have to consciously say, I am remembering to keep you in the loop. I want all of us on the same page, and that takes work. And yet that is how God is God is three persons all equal in status all loving each other saying we are one and that is amazing and overwhelming and confusing but it's also a teaching tool for us if you're familiar with CRC logos at all. That's the denomination we're a part of. You'll know that our logo is a cross with a triangle on it. That's to show that we believe in a Trinitarian God, three in one. And I'm not bashing that. It is a good thing. But I think the symbolism is a little wrong sometimes. And that's why you'll see other churches that will represent the Trinity with a circle. Because when we look at a triangle, we see very clear parts. There are three sides, and we see where they meet, but they are still their own. Whereas a circle, you cannot tell where one starts and the other finishes. Sure, we could easily divide a circle into three, but it would be kind of arbitrary. We would just be guessing. At first glance, a circle is one, and that's why it's such a strong symbol. It's why our rings, our wedding rings, are round, to show the unity. And that is how some churches say, this is the trinity, never-ending, undividable, And it's not spelled out super clear in this passage this morning. But this is one of the most Trinitarian texts that we have. Because the Bible doesn't actually ever say Trinity. (laughs) So if you look for it, it's not there. But we see here the mutuality of three beings that are all one we see that Jesus has said all things that the father have are mine. There is no division. God is not God the father is not holding anything back from his son. There's a sharing of everything that they have. And I feel like this is where we might be tempted to say, well then the spirit's a little lesser. And I think sometimes that happens. We don't even intentionally put them in a hierarchy, but we do. We're like, God is the Father. He's got everything. He's sharing it with Jesus. And then, you know, Spirit just kind of tells us about it. (laughs) But that's not what Jesus wants us to get. It's not the Father is going to hold an inheritance for me. It's everything the Father has is mine. And the Spirit is going to tell you about that. And if the Spirit's going to tell us about it, the Spirit has to know and be a part of it. There is nothing hidden. There's nothing between the Father and the Son that the Spirit's like, they're going to loop me in one day and then I'll let you know. The Spirit is speaking out of the experience of being part of that community. Then I love in verse 14, he will glorify me. And that is a beautiful picture. Do we glorify each other in our relationships? Are we defining ourselves as part of community? You see, that's part of why the Trinity is so confusing. Because they, we say three persons, but they're one God. They define themselves in their relationship to each other. We like to define things as contrasts. We could play like an opposites game like we did in, when I was teaching kids in school, you know, of like, black and white, yes and no, odd and even. That is how we are taught to think, is in contrasts, But they're saying, I am different. I define myself through what I experience with the others. The relationship, the community that we have trumps everything. And that is my whole identity, and my purpose is to build up the other parts of my community, to glorify them. And not to glorify themselves, because if the Spirit is glorifying Jesus and glorifying God, then yes, there's some glory that comes on the Spirit, but it's not about that self-glory. It's about saying, I love my community so much that I want to share it. I want to build them up. I want people to know how amazing this community is. So what do we do? What is the call to us today? And I think there's... Two things that I felt God speaking to me this week. And the first is in our personal relationships. How are we coming to the table with those that we love? Are we coming seeking to honor and glorify them? Are we being intentional of seeing those people who might feel like they're excluded? and welcoming them in? Are we defining ourselves positively through those with whom we're in relationship? Or are we trying to say, I'm not a part of that? I wonder what it would look like if we all started defining ourselves and the things we're a part of from a place of inclusion instead of a place of exclusion. What a work of the Spirit that would be. What a message that would show in a world that is divided, that struggles with unity. What if we said we are all community, we are unbreakable, You cannot separate me out from those with whom I'm in relationship. So then the second challenge that I felt from this this week was for the church. For the church body and how we relate to those who do not yet know Christ. Christ. Because that's a lot of whom Jesus was speaking to. I mean, he was the start of this faith. This was new to everyone. So his example is how we go forth. And what really struck with me was this ministry of presence. And that's what the Trinity is all about. But that's also how they worked together to be present with us. Because through the Old Testament, we see God journeying with the people. And then when they just couldn't keep that covenant relationship, he sent Jesus to come and bear the weight of our sins and fix that broken relationship that we had with God. And it is enough. That salvation won us grace and forgiveness. But God knew we still didn't get it. And that we still mess up and we're still going to fall. So God didn't leave us. God gave us the spirit. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. We're not going to get it all the time. The people that we feel called to go and tell about God are not going to necessarily get it on the time frame that we want them to. Because it is a lifelong journey. But God is going to stick it out with us. And that's the challenge. Are we committed to also sticking it out with each other? If you tell someone about Jesus, are you willing to say, I am going to be with you while you wrestle with what this means to have a faith in God? Are we going to say, I'm going to be there for the highs and the lows for the doubts and the celebrations. I'm going to be there when we both have questions that we're like, I just don't get that. But that's okay. I'm going to be here. When people are angry at God or angry at the world, are we going to say, I will be here with you. I don't always have the right words, but I am here and I am going to continue testifying to the love of God. And the only way we can do that is if we draw from God first. If we recognize the amazing community that God is in and of himself and say, I want to be a part of that. Because that's also the beauty of God, is God has community in himself, but he also invites us in. That is what it is to be an all-inclusive, godly community, to say, we've got a great thing going, but the doors aren't closed. We want everyone who desires to come and join us. And while you're figuring it out, I'm going to wait with you. I'm going to continue glorifying the God that I know and love until that joy becomes infectious and you say, I want it. Christianity is not easy. It's not a short-term commitment. It is a long, lifelong haul. But God has modeled it For us, and God promises to be with us as we faithfully attempt to follow in His footsteps. But we have to want it. Are you willing to try? Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you for the testimony that is your being, for the way that you show up to us in scripture and in life. We confess that we don't get it, but we pray this morning, Lord, that our confusion might turn to glory. Because you are God and you are so much greater than we can imagine. And that is good news, Lord, because it means that you have got it and that you've got us in your hands. God, we pray this morning that we might feel compelled to live as you are, to seek undividable community and to invite others to come in and to be a part of it lord we pray that you would give us feet that are willing to go hearts that are willing to serve and that you would give us the energy we need to follow you every single day in jesus name we pray amen